Hey guys and gals, this is Rick with Let's Level Up, and we're here today with another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. Mage Wars Mondays. I almost said it right the first time, but I think I got it the second time. I'm joined, as always, by my two partners in crime. I am Scott Morris, Vice President of Business Development at Arcane Wonders, and twice is nice. <laughs> I'm Aaron Brosman, a disciple of Nurgle. I mean... Uh, the creative director at Arcane Wonders. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, you're feeling a bit under the weather, man, so I'd like to thank you for taking the time out, and thank you for allowing us to do this remotely so I don't get whatever you've got. <coughs> yeah, you don't you'll, want this. You'll yeah. get it. It's not nice. <laughs> It'll we'll, come we'll through the microphone. drive over to your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm within the same go. state as you, at least, so... Yeah, that's a big state, though. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, we're filming this right after filming this, we're recording this right after Origins. Uh, I sound raspy because I got the Black Plague, uh, and Aaron sounds terrible because he's the one that gave me the Black Plague. So uh, beware who you room with at conventions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a cautionary tale that every uh, every gamer should take heed for yes, sure. Yes. Yes. Today we're going to be talking all about some Forged and Fire cards. And this um, not going to be the last time, of course, we bring up Forged and Fire. Of course, it is the brand new Spelltum expansion for Mage Wars. Um, but it's probably going to be the last episode we dedicate an entire episode to. Um, and we're going to be talking about some of our favorite cards and strategies with those cards and how we can envelop those within Forged and Fire, but also within the greater Mage Wars sphere as well. Um, so without further ado, Scott... Let's get into the cards. Oh, sure, you put me on the spot. So yeah, um, Aaron went uh, first last time. There you fair. go. All right. Well, card number one. <laughs> no. Uh, so I don't know. We're not really like like most important or least important or it's not like sure, a list yeah, or anything. Yeah. But um, one of my favorite cards in the set and is is quickly becoming my favorite. Um, it it quite hasn't knocked Hurl Rock out of out of the first spot I think because I, I still think Hurl Rock is the best card in the set. Um, but my favorite enchantment easily is Lion Savagery. Yeah, uh, it oh, is so a yeah, it's so ridiculously versatile. It's a very simple enchantment. It's it's two to come into play like all of our other enchantments, and it's three to reveal. So it's fairly cheap to to get out and and do some damage with. Uh, it's a level one nature spell, and that's probably the most important piece of the whole thing to me. Uh, you put it on a living creature, and the creature gains charge plus two, and its melee attacks gain piercing plus one. And just looking at the creatures in Forged in Fire, there's some really nasty people that that could be put on. Uh, but then when you look outside at the rest of the Mage Wars universe, there are some amazing <coughs> creatures that it can be put on. Um, and the fact that it is a level one nature spell is where I think it becomes really, really powerful. Because if I'm not nature, then it's not very expensive for me to throw in my book. And if given the option between, you know, bear strength with rolling two extra dice versus the possibility of the charge and the piercing... Charge the piercing seems pretty good. Uh, my favorite play so far using this is slapping it on my favorite little pet, uh, the unicorn, uh, who already has charge and uh, has some beautiful abilities on her own. Uh, but then you add this in and she just becomes an absolute monster. 
Uh, I've used the Lion Savagery in my Priestess and in my Priest spellbook, and they work tremendously well because, again, it's so cheap. It's it's a level one spell, so if you if you need to go out of school to splash something, it's not that expensive for what you get. Uh, and with, as some people have seen, some of the creatures that are in Forged and Fire, there's a good amount of armor on some of these guys with at least having one, if not two, armor on them. So being able to get that extra piercing plus one is really, really solid in my opinion. Um, the other thing that some people may not immediately think of because I think it's it's more psychological than anything else, they see living creature, they see nature, and they immediately think, oh, this goes on a pet and makes a pet really good. But I'm here uh-huh. to tell you right now, putting lion savagery on the warlord is wicked awesome. <laughs> he, I mean, he's already pretty rough. Either warlord, uh, they're already pretty rough. But I mean, especially in the new one, you give him a hammer, you give him lion savagery, and you just let him go to town, and it is pretty darn fun. Um, so it's it's a great little thing to be able to splash into something else than just a nature book. And if you are nature, if you are a beastmaster, just get ready to have more fun. So I I, I think it's a great spell. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I, I agree 100%. That is definitely the first spell I would talk about as well. Uh, Aaron, do you have any other thoughts on Lion Savagery? Lion, like, yeah, it's great with the Warlord. Uh, I would also say the the original Warlock it's fantastic with because he naturally wants to play a kind of buddy-style play where he has his big Blood Reaper and he has himself, and they're both decked out. So being able to reveal that on either one is is spectacular, uh, especially if you have, um, like, the new Blood Demon, you know, having someone who's flying so that they're really tough to get away from. Um, yeah, it's just it's really great in that kind of very aggressive style of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just awesome. Anytime you're adding two more attack dice plus giving something piercing, I'll, I'll pay five mana for that all day. I'll buy that for a dollar. And, yeah, and, exactly. and two spell <laughs> nice. points. I mean, even if you go out of school, two spell points is dirt cheap. So, Yeah, so good. All right, Aaron, uh, how, about a, how about a card from you? What do you think? Um, The first card that I grab, the first one that has me wanting to build stuff out of uh, Forge and Fire is the Armory. Um, and card. It, it seems like, like when you first look at it, it's like, well, that's obviously a Warlord card. And that's true. It's really good. Um, but there are three mages who uh, can play a very soldier-dominated strategy. Um, you can you can go with the uh, priestess or priest, or you can go with the necromancer, and they all have ways of playing very uh, soldier-focused uh, spellbooks. Uh, it's especially good with the necromancer because. Being able to plop down an armory and suddenly all of your skeletons have one armor is pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah. to to me, that's that's one that I really like because he it's it really helps out the warlord, but it also um, has really cool interactions with two of the other mages, and it really helps um, expand their what their creature base is capable of. <coughs> Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. The armory is all about options, um, and I think that's what makes it really powerful. It's ten mana. It's it's not. I mean, it's expensive, but it's it's not overly expensive. 
it's pretty stacked in terms of stats for a conjuration, you know, two armor and nine health. Uh, so, you know, uh, e- even a good solid force hammer hit is going to have to take quite a bit to, to punch that baby down. Um, and getting that, again, you, you get an additional armor on all your soldiers and that flexibility, like Aaron said, for whatever type of mage you want to run with it, it's pretty quite, quite, uh, not keyworded epic, but quite epic. <laughs> The other thing you want to really keep in mind is that since it gives piercing on their uh, on their attacks, that includes ranged attacks. So like your royal archer is going to have piercing too now, you know, Um, and it's a way to actually give um, a skeletal archer piercing without having to make it your uh, undying servant. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. That's great. One thing you mentioned uh, just a second ago, Scott, is the variety of this card, and that's something I've noticed with a lot of cards in this set. There's just a, there's so many that have so many choices, and it opens up so many different doors for you. Aaron, was that something that you were consciously thinking about when you were when you were designing some of these things? Well, when uh, like uh, the cards, the the games that I came from uh, originally, like I was playing you know, versus, and I was playing, you know, Magic back in the day. And so when I'm sitting there looking at things that we can do to have interesting cards, um, you know, there's a couple different ways you can go about it. One is, you know, making a more complex card. So you look at something like uh, Conquer, and that's a good example. Um, we made something really interesting, but it's a uh, it's a big concept, so it takes a lot of of uh, verbiage to get that idea across. The other way you can go about it is to take really simple, uh, really simple things and kind of spin them. <coughs> and I think a great example of that is the uh, Goblin Alchemist. Yeah. If Effectively, he's a really simple creature. He does things that we've seen before, but he's the first creature who does all three of them at once. And that's kind of the interesting thing there. So I... I would say that that a lot of it is conscious. A lot of it is this was an this set was an opportunity to take things that we already had and to do interesting things with them and to do new things with them. So, so yeah, I I, I would say so. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's just when I was looking over the cards, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, and there's just so many different avenues that I could find a way to either turn the tide or come back from something or counter something that maybe somebody's not going to expect. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, variety is the spice of life, and it's just nice to nice to have the options, at nothing else. Options help you win. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, speaking of options, I wanted to talk about a card here. Um, it's the Rolling Fog Conjuration. Um, this is a great card that just allows you to get your plans to fruition. It gives everything obscured um, on the board. And uh, it's just it's just awesome to think about. It costs 7 mana. It's a level 2 uh, elemental spell. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that if you need to buy yourself a couple turns or at least uh, give yourself the opportunity for a breather... That's going to keep all of your conjuration safe, and uh, it's 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 one of those things that allows you to um, get your pieces in order, or get your house in order, rather, before going in and making that final step toward that strategy. That's an awesome card. 
You know, for the longest time, the Elemental Cloak was like my go-to. It was like every spellbook I had put that in there. And yeah. and then and then I saw Cloak of Shadows, and I uh, a little tear rolled down my eye, and I was like, oh my god, this is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is so much better. Uh, and and Obscured is if if you haven't played with something with the Obscured trait, take a minute and just play test it and try it because. It is very, very powerful, and uh, opponents don't always have an answer for it immediately, which, to your point, it, it allows you, if you time it right, uh, you know, that fog comes rolling in, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, I, oh you can't attack there, oh, and you can't attack there, oh, and you can't attack there, oh, I'm so sorry. Why don't you just move in a little more? That way when the fog is gone, you're dead. <laughs> you know? it's yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's, really, it for, it for, it's a card that allows you the options of what you want to do, and it forces your opponent to change their strategy immediately, usually. So, Well, the great thing about that card is it allows you to dictate terms. The minute you play that down, you're the one who's saying, I'm ready to target things one zone away. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, one of the things that's just... Uh, one of the things you want to keep in mind is all enchantments are range 0 to 2. The minute you throw that down... They can only enchant things adjacent to them. So, like, it, it has really far-reaching effects, far-reaching uh, implications the minute you play it. Uh, and if, you, like, if you're ready for it, there, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of dictate where the game is going to go. So, <clears throat> no, I'm a huge fan of, uh, a huge fan of Rolling Fog. Yeah, it's just awesome. Uh, Scott, do you have another card you want to talk about? No, I'm done. That's it. No. Um, All right. Well, guys, this is a good one. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to change it up, actually. I'm going to surprise you guys with one that I hadn't talked about earlier, but I, I think it struck me while Aaron was talking about the armory, uh, is flank attack. Uh, and I apologize. Oh, I thought you were going to say Goblin Alchemist. <laughs> no. Well, the, gob- the Goblin Alchemist is great. He's just, he's he's the toolbox. <laughs> He's, you know, give me a wrench, give me a screwdriver, give me a flamethrower, whatever I need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the flank attack is really, really, really good in terms of options. Uh, so flank attacks an incantation. Uh, it targets a soldier creature, so they have to be a soldier, which you would think is limiting. You, you would think immediately, oh, it's a specific subtype of a creature. I got to get targeting. Um, but it's cheap. It's only three mana. And again, it's only a one, a level one spell. It's a level one war spell. And the way it reads, it says, if the target's next melee attack this round attacks an enemy creature that was attacked and damaged by another friendly soldier this round, then the attack gains piercing plus two and melee plus two for their attack. It's, it's, it's almost like the moment in Jurassic Park where he realizes he's caught and he turns and <laughs> clever says, girl. clever girl, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, that's, that's exactly what I picture when I see playing flank attack. And again, it, it's psychological. People go, Ooh, it's a war spell and it's a soldier. I got to put him with my warlord. But you start to think about the Knights of Westlock. You start to think about the skeletal Knights. You start to think about people mm-hmm. who are in other schools who have the soldier trait who could potentially benefit from this, I would hate to see a Knight of Westlock coming at me with piercing plus two and melee plus two on top of what it already has. Uh, I mean, that would be pretty rough. 
And again, because it's so cheap as a level one spell, you can splash that into a priestess, into a priest, into a necromancer, and gain some pretty hefty bonuses out of it for only three mana and maybe one to two spell points. So um, I really, really like flank attack. I think it, and, and it also has a zero to two range on it. So you don't necessarily need to be right next to your, your soldier that's doing that, which kind of benefits those mages. They may not be the, the war mages. So That's awesome. We try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah, definitely try. Uh, you succeed far more than you don't, I think, which is, which is crazy to think about. So far, what do you so think good. about? Yeah, what do you think about Disarm? Another incantation, and I, I like it just to, uh, you know, for that control aspect, for any magic players who are big on control, it's a good way to uh, mitigate potential um, equipment on a mage, which is, which could get, again, gives you options. I think disarm is uh, somewhat situational, but highly versatile, if that makes sense. It does, it does. Uh, what about you, Aaron? You have a, you have another card? Oh, I was going to say something about Disarm. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Uh, the thing with Disarm <laughs> that, that's so that's so interesting is it's a tempo play. Um, you can't use it in place of Dissolve or Explode or Corrosive Orchid. Like, it's not going to get rid of the problem, but it will stop it for a turn. So mm -hmm. <laughs> anytime that you're set up to take advantage of that. Like, a Beastmaster has multiple creatures. Well, obviously, your opponent is going to put his Suppression Cloak on. Well, it's pretty funny when I make the Suppression Cloak go away. Um, the right. part about it is, if they have level 1 equipment on them, you can use that spell to fish for nullifies. You can pay 1 mana, cast it, go, okay, I'm going to be disarming this. You know, if you have a nullify, then it has to get revealed. And so they're spending more mana on the combination of <coughs> casting and revealing the nullify than you spent on the the disarm. And the disarm is only one spell point. So if they're not a wizard, then you're also spending fewer spell points. So it's a really great way to fish for um, fish for nullifies or like reverse magic or something like that. Uh, and yet if it's not there, then you get a good benefit out of it. So, and as someone on, on the forums pointed out, if you're a force master and you're barreling down on me, my opening quick cast can disarm your, uh, uh, your Galvatar. And then you're not going to get to double strike me for four dice each. You're going to get to punch me once for three. And I'm way better about that. You know, so yeah. it's got a lot of <laughs> it's got a lot of uh, uses, um, but at the same time, it's not it's never going to replace actual equipment destruction. But it is great because it costs so few spell points and it's so little mana that you can use it to gain tempo in situations where you know there are a couple things stopping you from having the upper hand. So that's a great that's a great thing about it. <coughs> As far as yeah, other cards, <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of Rust. Like it's, it's the yeah. it's the water spell in the set, um, which is awesome because it's kind of a 
a uh, preview of things to come, so to speak. Uh, you know, having curses in uh, other schools. Um, but it also seemed like a very natural card to make. Um, I remember the day that Brian and I were discussing it. He was like, oh, my gosh, why doesn't this already exist? And I go, well, I don't know. <laughs> right now, Brian. <laughs> and it's uh, it's solid. And one of the beautiful things about it is that unlike, uh, unlike you know, Rhino Hide, which has to go on a living creature, you know, I can, I can rust any creature. So, so I can rust the Iron Golem and take him down to three armor, you know, or I can, you know, rust your skeleton. And I realize that's not going to happen often, but you know, when you can rust someone like Mort, or you can rust. Um, you know, somebody in the same zone as a, uh, uh, fortified position, uh, it's, it's always good. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that one, especially in how it plays with, um, both of the warlocks. Yeah. When I rust you, that means I'm definitely going to be, you know, chewing into you really hard. So the original warlock, oh, I killed you. I'm going to get the rust back. So that next turn I can like put it on your mage, you know, and keep going. As far as the the Adremelike Warlock, I love the fact that I can rust you, so I'm removing your armor, and then my attacks are flame plus one against you. So it's a it's a nice bit of targeting. It's kind of like a uh, a slightly cheaper marked for death. Yeah, it's, I was just gonna say it's it's a poor man's marked for death. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> But the beauty is also water one, so it's a great spell for druids. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I like the fact that it's kind of or 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 maybe even like sirens down the road. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about at all. Who is that? Is this the part where we give exclusive uh, update on the next uh, the next set? Yeah, that's your spoiler for tonight, Rick. Is that the siren (laughs) is based around water? (laughs) Yeah, I've already tweeted it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, whenever we put this video up online, I'm gonna tag it with exclusive Paladin versus Siren uh, announcement. That would be just a great click, hashtag. Just exclusive pound, yeah. exclusive Paladin versus Siren. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like your whole tweet would be the hashtag. Yeah, um, I, I like Rust because it's it's kind of demoralizing in a way. Uh, you take away that armor, I'm gonna be um, more hesitant to bring this once beefy tanky creature into the fray so it, again it kind of um it could play mind tricks on the right opponent and i like that uh, t- uh scott do you have another another card you almost called me tox didn't you <laughs> i did it's so hard to not call you that it's okay you can call me whatever i answered <laughs> i have three kids i answer to anything so yeah um, okay uh Just yeah mine's I'm going to talk about a creature that's not the Goblin Alchemist. Uh, I uh, I really uh, it, like if I could have a pet that came out of Mage Wars, it would be the Infernian Scourger. Uh, it is first I like forget everything else about the cart. Forget its mana cost. Forget its level. Forget everything else. It looks flipping cool. It just it looks like this hound of hell flying out at you. And, it, like, the first time I saw the art for it, I was like, I don't even care what it does. It's going in my spell book. Like, I really don't care. <laughs> um, it's amazing. It looks looking. terrifying. 
Yeah. It does. Like, it's going to give some kid nightmares. It's the pit bull of demons. It really, it's the pit bull of demons, I think. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. But so, so just to kind of run it through, if anyone hasn't seen him, he is a level two dark creature. He's a demon. Uh, he is nine mana, so he's relatively affordable. Uh, he has one armor and eight health, which you might think, eh, you know, okay, that's average maybe. Um, he has a quick, uh, melee attack for three dice. And this is the key. It has piercing plus one and counter strike. Hello, Blood Reaper. <laughs> it is just, it is like meant to go in and wreak havoc on people. And whether you're playing with the Araxian Crown Warlock and you're going to make him a Blood Reaper and power him up and just make him an unstoppable Hound of Hell, or whether you're going to use the new Adremalic Warlock and light people on fire and give him bonuses to attacking them, having that Counter-Strike built in with that much health is really, really good. Uh, and then on top of it, because he's a demon, he's got Flame Minus 2, so somebody can't really burn him back and hurt him too hard, which is great. Um, but he is just a lot of fun, depending on which style Warlock you want to play and how you want to get in there. Uh, even if you don't, like, even if you don't make him a Blood Reaper with the Araxian Crown Warlock, he's still an extremely solid creature. It's probably going to take at least two actions to get him down, so it took two attack actions to do that. And here he is with his claws counter-striking, and it, it's just great flexibility again, great options for what I think is a relatively extremely well-balanced card in terms of mana cost, level, and, and stats that you get. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine putting, uh, giving that thing fast early on in the game with Blood Reaper. Yeah, whoosh, just, boom. <laughs> just c- closing the distance and just making somebody have a really bad day. I've, I've actually thought about it because the, the gentleman that won our tournament at Origins this past week, uh, he played the Araxian Crown Warlock, and he only had one creature in his whole spellbook, uh, and it was the Dark Pack Slayer. And the first thing I thought when I looked at his spellbook build was... <coughs> wow, this could be pretty nasty if that was the Infernian Scourger, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he's he, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, anytime you can uh, you can have the Scourger get multiple Counter-Strikes, it's pretty awesome. One of my favorite things to do with creatures with Counter-Strike is uh, you get a point of damage on them, and then you watch as zombies kill themselves by running into them. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, we got time for um, probably one more. Aaron, you want to do the honors? Sure, sure. Um, The one, like, if I get one more, the one that I would talk about. We did two. (laughs) (laughs) um, The one I would talk about is probably Defend. Oh, so good. It's... Like, it's it's a great card, everyone can use it, and for three mana or less, you get to put someone on on guard. <clears throat> well, that's that all seems pretty simple, but then when you look at all the options that that actually gives you, it's, it's pretty stellar. Um, a, it lets you tank multiples of your opponents with the same guy. Um, which is fantastic. Also, right now, the only way that you're going to get to use your bonus to melee multiple times in a round is if you're counter-striking. 
So being able to, um, you know, uh, my dwarf panzer guard with, with bear strength attacks you for five dice, and then I cast defend on him, and then you attack him, and then he attacks you for five dice. <laughs> so it's, it's really solid. It's also an interesting way to kind of rouse the beast, because you can, you can have someone spawned out, and then you can immediately put them on guard. And especially if you have someone like the Dwarf Panzer Guard, uh, any of the intercepting creatures, <coughs> um, well, A, they have some ability that triggers when they guard. So he's going to get, you know, a bonus to his defense roll. Um, but also, they're able to intercept range attacks for the mage. So it really forces, it forces your opponent to try and deal with your creatures. And for one spell point... That's that's pretty awesome, and and part of part of the the joy of it is that since it's it's a novice spell, anybody can go in and try and force their opponent to deal with their creatures. Now, obviously, I think it's especially good for uh, the warlord and war mages because you know putting defend on the helm of command is awesome. Um, you know, getting a mana discount on command uh, on uh, defend is awesome. Being able to cast defend off of Gurmash is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just having him walk into a zone and say, "Hey, you, Mister Awesome, you're gonna you're gonna defend for me," you know, and that way, yes, you're losing out on his attack, but you're not losing out on an attack, and it lets you. It lets you guide where attacks are going more easily. So I'm I'm a big fan of defend. It's 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 one of those spells that I think any mage other than the necro uh, it's worth looking at. And the only reason it's not worth looking at for the necro is because it only works on living creatures. Mm-hmm. So, but anyone else, it's got all sorts of possibility. <laughs> You, you do realize that now, after all that, we have to make a character named Mr. Awesome. <laughs> Mr. Awesome? <laughs> that like, has to be, yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> right, you guys can use my likeness if you want. Uh, yeah, that's exactly, that was, that was the image I had, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like Defend. I think uh, going in this whole theme of the discussion of options, it, it does all of that. If I had had one wish... And this is just more of a future thought for Aaron since he's the, the, the creative guy. If I had one wish about Defend, I wish it had been an enchantment. I, I think it would have been really cool to surprise somebody. Uh, hey, I'm going to come in and hit your mage. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to flip up this enchantment, and this guy now has a guard marker on it, and you have to attack him. Uh, that that could have been crazy, and you never know. It might happen in a future set. I don't know. If there's a paladin coming. Who knows? Um, but... Defend is really cool because it's cheap. And it's 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 being able to exercise your mana in a way that provides you an advantage on the board. It's phenomenal. And being a novice, it's just even better. So it's it's probably if I look at all of the cards in the game that are novice, it's probably the best novice spell in the game. Hmm. It's definitely way up there. Definitely. That's Aaron politely not agreeing with me. <laughs> the, the problem is, I can think of, I can think of a couple others, and I'm like, mm, I don't know That's which one too. I would actually put first. Right. But they're 
they're really good. Yep. So. Well, that's awesome. Well, guys, uh, thanks a lot for another awesome discussion. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really hope you guys are still enjoying Mage Wars Mondays. We've got a ton of excellent feedback, so again, thank you so much for that. And thank um, you for putting Aaron's, up with Aaron's coughing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Shame on you, Aaron. I swear I'm not sick. dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you do die, you gotta you, promise me you'll come back as a lich of some sort. It's only fitting. Uh... Well, considering, as we mentioned, my, my wife is convinced to cremate me, um, I may have to come back as a ghost or something, so. Okay. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be our first living ethereal creature. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Funny. Well, guys, do you have anything you'd like to uh, leave off for the audience? Um, for me, uh, so we're going to be in a lot of places over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to be... Uh, at the GTS Distribution Trade Show in Seattle uh, in a week or so. We're going to be at Dice Tower Con. Uh, we're going to have a tournament. We're going to have some stuff going on there in Florida. So if you're in the area, definitely come check it out. It's going to be an awesome convention. Uh, and then we're going to be at Gen Con, of course, this small show some people may have heard of. Uh, and Gen Con is going to be huge. Gen Con is going to be – we're going to have a professional cosplayer there who is going to be dressed as uh, our mages. Uh, you're going to be able to get your picture with her and get uh, into a contest to win some really cool stuff, uh, provided you're in cosplay as well, which uh, almost nowadays every other person is at Gen Con. Uh, and uh, we're shooting for uh, Sheriff of Nottingham to be available there, at least in demo, if not for sale as well, which is going to be our first non-Mage Wars game from Arcane Wonders. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we'll have Forge and Fire there. We'll have tournaments there and just more good stuff happening so come check it out uh if you don't get a chance to come to any of those conventions just stay tight with us on uh facebook and twitter it's just uh slash mage wars uh and uh look look for more i would i will tease this uh look for more on our youtube page pretty soon so we got some some good stuff coming from there um arcane wonders may have hired a guy that knows a little bit about video so we'll figure that out as we go so um <laughs> but uh other than that play more mage wars <laughs> Awesome. Aaron? Uh, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting Man, for you to cough words. one more it. time. That would have yeah. been great. <laughs> just, that's all I wanted was just uh, Aaron. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, just his head hitting the keyboard. Um, well, guys, uh, again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. This was a fun one. Um, as always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Smart Radio. Rate and review the show. Tell all your friends about it. And as always... Game on.